passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It is a pleasure here at Post Wrestling to be joined by this individual, a man that is uh, taking the airwaves of ESPN by storm on a day-to-day basis. He is Arta Ocal, friend of the show, which is a list that, I mean, that is that is significant status there when he is a friend of the show. Arta, how are you, my friend? I would actually upgrade that to great friend of the show. Oh, okay. Like, I, I, I feel like I remember, but I, I was part of the holiday shows for a while there, right? And then I make appearances here and there whenever I come to Toronto. Obviously not in the climate we're in now, but I I would say great is appropriate for not only my love for post wrestling, but also for you and Way. So I think I think great is a good way to describe it. Well, it was it was quite a while ago now that we uh, we got together and did that that great sit down interview that we got so many compliments over. So uh, we we always <laughs> you know- uh, appreciate Art O'Cal stopping by the post office. Do you know what we did not get compliments for? One of those lookbacks that we did. Remember the <laughs> which one was it? Was a super clash? Oh, super clash! I I don't know if it was, was so much uh, uh, you and I that people did not enjoy. <laughs> it was more so people that had not seen that show that went out of their way to watch it and were uh, thoroughly disappointed or entertained. I mean, it could really fall into <laughs> multiple categories. Our super clash three review of several years ago. <laughs> Ah, memories, John, memories. Well, um, you know, uh, I'm bringing you on because I really wanted to chat with you about Howard Finkel, who I know was a big influence on you and also someone that that you got to know on a personal level. Uh, But I'd be remiss not to ask um, how things are going uh, with yourself, Arda, and I mean, work-wise as well. Like, it seems that you are extremely busy at at the moment. Is that kind of keeping your mind off of a lot of the other things that are going on in the world right now? Yeah, I mean, we were even just talking about it before uh, we started rolling that if there's one way to look positively upon everything that's happening in the world right now, at least for me in my situation, is having a newborn, I'm able to spend all my time with her and not leave the house. We're definitely taking self-quarantine and social distancing very seriously. And so we uh, are at home 24-7, basically, other than maybe making the odd trip to the grocery store. So uh, from that end, uh, it's nice to be with with my daughter at all times. Uh, and work-wise, I'm good. I'm happy. Um, you know, I, we've talked about this previously, but I look back on my time in pro wrestling very fondly. I have a lot of friends, yourself included, and Way as well. And uh, I, I'm happy for people who have had success. I know that it's been a very rough week for WWE and a lot of people there this week. and. Uh, hopefully they're able to bounce back and get through uh, the challenges that they may be facing right now. Uh, in terms of myself, I'm happy to be working for ESPN. Uh, esports is primarily what occupies my time, but uh, especially around WrestleMania season, I was able to dip my toes back into wrestling, which is always nice because I have this wealth of random wrestling knowledge in my head that uh, is just sitting there and collecting dust at the moment. So it's kind of cool to be able to 
bring it back every now and then uh, and, and, and be nostalgic. You know, it gives me a good feeling. It's nice to be able to uh, get involved in wrestling every now and then. Yeah, uh, Arda has done several interviews, uh, a great hour-long chat with Bret Hart, uh, Charlotte Flair, and I'm sure there were uh, several others as well um, mm-hmm. that Arda's been uh, uh, dipping his toe back into the uh, the professional wrestling uh, coverage. Yeah, it's been fun. We did a pre-show as well to WrestleMania, which is uh, which was a lot of fun. It was on ESPN's Twitter account with myself and Peter Rosenberg and Ariel Helwani, who is now fully a pro wrestling reporter, by the way. Let's just call a spade a spade here. Ariel Helwani should put pro wrestling reporter at the forefront of his resume at this point in time. I mean, I'm watching AEW Dynamite and who like pops up on my screen <laughs> breaking down John Moxley and Jake Hager. I mean, this guy is just getting his face everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Can, can I just say like, and we're going to get to uh, the, the, the topic at hand here, but as you see, like, Peter Rosenberg and Sam Roberts and such, it's like you are utilizing uh, media individuals in a WWE capacity because they have a following elsewhere. And I will say that when they signed you and the amount of Canadian wrestling fans that were familiar with Arto Ocal, why they would change your name, it made it makes no sense to me. Well, we know why my name was changed. I think that's a very commonplace thing. The funny part of all that was my very first assignment at WWE was doing the commercial breaks for Canada. So it was like all of a sudden, you if, if you're a wrestling fan in Canada, you probably watched at least a couple episodes of Aftermath. So you knew who I was from that show. And then all of a sudden I go away for a bit and then I'm back on <laughs> WWE television under a different name, looking exactly the same. And you're like, wait a minute, I know this guy. Like, you in the exact same position in, like, a major U.S. market, like, I, I wouldn't even think of, like, changing someone's name that, like, exactly. For Canadians, like, you were, you would pop up in between, like, commercial breaks on Raw or SmackDown of teeing up stuff or doing uh, the your your top five. It's like, this audience knows who you are. Like, you are bringing some <laughs> currency here uh, with your name. So, anyway. That's pretty funny. Oh, well. I want to chat, obviously, uh, about Howard Finkel. It's obviously devastating news this week. We knew that that Howard had been in some bad health. Um, But first of all, you know, for yourself, um, Arda, it's a tough question. But do you even have a first memory of Howard Finkel? Because he's so ingrained in wrestling, the wrestling experience for so many that you, you kind of have to, like, really dial back to what's my first impression I ever had of Howard Finkel, who was just this constant in all of these um, productions. I would have to guess if I had the first time I registered Howard in my head, it was probably WrestleMania six. I'm going to guess when like the first, like I, I will, I will say probably the first year or so watching wrestling, I was just, you know, like enthralled by the actual uh, presentation of it. So it wasn't necessarily like my appreciation for the broadcasters came later uh, when I when I was maybe a little bit older to kind of understand and appreciate what was going on. So like I'd say the first few months or maybe the first couple of years was all about like I'm definitely dialed into the wrestling and, and, and the in-ring presentation. And I would probably say wrestlemania 6 when warrior won the title i think that was probably like the first call that i registered in my head like oh man i should pay attention to the broadcasters more they're not just a foil you know and so from there 
that's where like my whole affinity, I, I have the Holy Trinity, as I call them, of uh, broadcasters in WWE that I looked up to. And that's Gorilla Monsoon. And all of them have passed away now. Uh, may they all rest in peace. Gorilla Monsoon, Bean Gene, O'Gerland, and Howard Finkel. And they were the three that I looked up to. I always envisioned this, like, if I could find a job that would merge all three of them, you know, all three of those positions in one, that would be amazing to be able to do that. And luckily, through working the independence in, in Toronto and Canada and, and doing WWE, I had some way to be able to do all of that. So, I mean, I guess I got very, very lucky in that sense. But yeah, Fink was a big part of that. And, uh, you know, anyone listening to this who grew up in the same era that I did, we have a hundred different memories of Fink. And when I got to WWE, we talked every week and he would tell me about his like philosophies on announcing and he'd go into granular detail. Like I appreciated certain decisions that he made when calling names. Like he would never say Brett, the Hitman Hart, the didn't exist. It was always Brett Hitman Hart. And why did he elongate the man in Hitman? Because he wanted to be unique and give a little oomph to the name. And he what he wouldn't elongate Hart because he was elongating the man in Hitman, right? Like he would he would go down into granular detail on why he would inflect the way that he did. And like for a broadcast nerd like me, I I ate it up. So like I would listen to him for hours. That stuff is such that is so fascinating. I mean, that's one of the topics that has come up. I, I've heard you know several people bring it up, like what a Howard Finkel book would have been like. Just oh yeah, 100%. stuff like that, and what the, what this guy has seen as well. So like I I I would guess that like he was never the type to to bring up dirt. Like he was not that guy. No. So like his book would definitely be like semantics and like be best memories. Like I was actually listening back to old interviews that uh, Corderas and I did, and he I found this surprising. I had forgotten about this. Uh, they, uh, WWE brought him back for that one Survivor Series. I forget what year it was when CM Punk came out that he was facing. Yeah, this uh, was 2011 uh, at, at the Garden. Is that what it was? Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, Del Rio had, uh, Ricardo as the ring, as his ring announcer. And then CM Punk comes out and calls out Howard Finkel at the Garden. And we interviewed, we had interviewed Fink and I forgot about it. Like maybe a few, a couple weeks later. And Fink told us that. WrestleMania three up until that point was his career highlight because of just the sea of humanity, all the people that were there at, at Pontiac. But this that moment surpassed it because the fans appreciated him so much. So whereas at WrestleMania three, it was like being a part of a giant moment. That Survivor Series was we are happy to see Fink and we're chanting for Fink. And that like left a huge impression on him. So he actually says that that moment where he was uh, announcing CM Punk to the ring in particular was his career highlight by far. That's so interesting because there, I did see this video circulating this week of like a fan shot video uh, inside the garden that night. And it's just like, you'll have chills watching this of this crowd's right. reaction to it. And it's so much more impactful than the broadcast because you've got the announcers that are like almost treating it like a joke. And to me, it really like, really minimize the moment but if you see this like commentary free like it's just um and, and to hear him say that like what a career highlight that's what it really feels like watching this um this fan video yeah exactly i mean he was very proud to work for wwe and uh he was a sports fan too like he loved the mets and uh, he was a jets fan I, I just saw tommy dreamer's tweet actually that he was a season ticket holder for for decades uh, I actually didn't know that, that he uh, went to uh, Jets games as much as he did. But he talked about the Mets all the time. It was pro wrestling and the Mets. And honestly, like 
him and I had an inside joke, like wrestlers, anyone in wrestling always loves to have inside jokes, right? Uh, so our inside joke was I would go to his office or his cubicle and I would have some trivia, right? Like that whole outthink the thing thing, like he, he's like an encyclopedia, everyone knew that, right? So I would, instead of saying hello, hey, think what's going on, I would literally just walk into his office and I'd be like, hey, how long did Dean Douglas hold the Intercontinental Championship? <laughs> it would just, that would be my hello. And then he would like think for like, three seconds, like, ah, about 12 minutes. Like, and that would be our hello. But then I had to get crafty, right? I, I wrote about this on ESPN. Like, I had to get crafty, so I'd have to think of trivia that, like, obviously there's no answer to. So, like, one time I walked in and I was like, hey, um, what was the name of the venue where Pat Patterson won the Intercontinental <laughs> title in Brazil? And then he'd think about it for a second and then he'd laugh because he'd be like, ah, come on. <laughs> That's amazing. You know? That's amazing. Yeah. When you got there, um, Tell us a bit about like what what were Howard's kind of like duties at that time, like day to day. Uh, he was working in the digital department, so he was uh, he had a lot of roles over the years. When I was there, he was working in the digital department, so he was uh, definitely like a historian role. So he was somebody who uh, you could lean on for fact checking and also for ideas. He was part of a lot of creative meetings and things like that. Definitely uh, the dot com department. I had a lot of fun in that department because there were so many wrestling fans uh, in my era that grew up at the same time as me. So like it was a lot of fun to just hang out there. And Howard was among that. So, um, yeah, he was doing that. I know that he also worked in travel at one point. Uh, Jimmy always has the fun impression where uh, Howard's calling people and it's like you see the 203 number and then Jimmy picks it up. He's like, hello, it's Jimmy Corderas. And he's like. Hello, Jimmy. This is Howard Finkel. How are you? <laughs> and like he'd be telling you about your travel, but it sounds like he's reading the next card at Madison Square Garden. It's like, you will be picked up at Toronto Pearson Airport at 8.45 a.m. And you will be trying. It's like it's, it's just funny to hear Jimmy talk about it because it's like, yeah, that's what you would expect the thing to sound like. Was there any uh, – can you, can you t- take us back to your, your first – interaction with him working with, with with wwe because that seems to be just that this guy was such a great people person yeah he was uh he was great uh, i i didn't get to work with him in wwe it was just more social by that time we were friends the first time i ever met him though uh was at a event in toronto uh were you you might have been there too actually john it was I, like this was is it, the like one time i met him was at that um was it Wrestle Reunion or some, something like that, that convention that was out by the airport? Yeah, 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 exactly. And Bruno yeah. San Martino was yes. there and there was this like Roddy Piper it was like a crazy stacked convention. It was it was excellent. So basically, uh, I'm there. Jimmy's coming with me. And I know that Fink is going to be there. And like all these names are there. So I was with the score at the time and we brought a camera person with us. And like I'm basically – uh, going to do a bunch of interviews and I get hyped up and I'm like excited, but I'm nervous for Fink because I have so much like respect and like I idolized this guy growing up. He was one of my Holy Trinity. Right. So I was like, okay, well I got to get ready for this interview. And I'm like, you know, kind of, you know, you kind of psych yourself out when you meet one of your heroes kind of thing. So what I didn't know was Jimmy was texting with Howard and Jimmy was telling him, yeah, you got to rib the crap out of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like you got to rib him when you meet him. Right. And Howard's like, I got it. Don't worry. So like we get to the venue and I see Howard and like there's a bunch of legends everywhere. This is before doors opened. And so we're, we're picking our spots for interviews. So I, I, I figure, you know what? I need a warm up interview. And, and it's funny to say that, like, you know what I mean? A warm up interview as in I just want to get a couple reps in asking questions and getting vibes. 
before I get to this interview that I built up in my head as being the most important interview of my life. Where, where's you know Brian I mean? Nobbs at? We'll get some. Yeah, yeah, some. exactly. So like, I see JJ Dillon and he comes and says hello to me because we did stuff at like Cauliflower Hourly Club the year before. So we were just talking. I'm like, hey, can, can I uh, just interview you quick? And he's like, yeah, no problem. So we, I talked to J.J. Dillon. Like, it's kind of funny that, like, J.J. Dillon is my warm-up interview for Howard Finkel, in a way, I guess, if you yeah. look at it that way. But uh, Guy that's held, but, like, every so, role in professional wrestling. But, and, <laughs> exactly. Like, like the, yeah, the history that the this most, guy has. Yeah, right, right, exactly. But, uh, but anyway, so I do the interview with J.J. Okay, I'm feeling good. I've got some good answers. Here we go. So I walk, uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going to walk up to Howard now. So I'm walking up to Howard. Jimmy's like, all right, I'll come with you. So he's like out of my eye eyesight, but I know he's following me. And like what I, what he told me afterwards, he's like grinning, like, you know, this like mischievous smile that I couldn't see at the time. So I walk up to Fink and my first words were going to be, hello, Mr. Finkel. But before I could even get out, Mr. Finkel, I think I got to like, hello, Mr. F and uh, he turns around and he's like, yeah, what do you want? Can't you see I'm busy here? I'm setting up my eight by tens. I got autographs to sign. I'm gonna meet my I'm gonna meet my fans. What? You have a camera person here? You want to do an interview? You want to do an interview with me right now? You want to get me out of my zone? You want to get me out of my vibe? Are you kidding me? You want to do this? Where's the manager? Kick this guy out right now! Like he's yelling this. Like he's getting progressively louder and louder as he's saying. He's like, by the time he gets the where's the manager? Kick this guy out right now! Basically, the whole room had turned around and it's like watching this happen. Like that's the funny part is like the other legends in the room are like it's like it wasn't it wasn't a a large it wasn't a giant room it was kind of like a medium sized room so like at least half the room could hear this happening so by yeah. the time he got to yeah by the time he got to where's the manager I need this guy out of here now now I'm like oh my god I have heat with everyone in this room now and I'm like wow this is it like this is it my my wrestling career or my career in in any hopes of anything in wrestling is over and not only that. Is Howard Finkel a jerk? Like, did he just, like, chew me out in front of everybody? Like, this is what's going on in my head. Like, don't meet your heroes kind of thing in the moment. So he lets it sit for, like, 10 seconds, which felt like three hours. And I'm just like, uh, uh. And before I could get anything out, he stuck out his hand and he smiled and he was he broke the poker face. And he's like, very fine, nice to finally meet you, Art. I'm Howard. And I was like, <laughs> all right, well, that's my, that's my, that's the start of my friendship with Howard Finkel. That's such a great story. Uh, you know, a lot of comedians sometimes they'll talk about, especially when they're starting out, like they have their influences. And when they're getting up on stage, it's kind of that realization that you haven't developed your voice yet and you're defaulting to these people that you have followed for so long. As you got into ring announcing is – whether it was Howard, whether it was anyone, is that almost like ingrained in, in some – in ring announcers almost like – trying not to be Howard Finkel because that's going to be many people's default in that role, I would think. I have heard that from countless ring announcers, and Fink has told me that too. He, I remember we were in a car once, we were driving around Stanford, we went to lunch one day, and he was telling me about uh, just other ring announcers, whether they were sending him tape or whoever else it was, and he would always say, I can always see my influence in certain announcers, and I tell them, do not emulate me. You need to be the first version of yourself. So while I appreciate that you that I have touched your life in some way, emulating me is not going to get you as far as you want it to go. You need to be developing your own voice, and you need and that's the advice that you always give. And to be honest with you, when I started ring announcing on the independence in Toronto, my after my first ring and I forget who it was, it might have been Tyson Dukes. I don't know one of the one of the longstanding in, um, wrestlers that was at the show came up to me afterwards and said, 
you're not Howard Finkel, you're Ardo Ocal. Mm. And, and I, and I remember that because in my head, even if I was doing it uh, subconsciously, Fink had been such an influence on me that there was no doubt going to be some sort of inflection that matched Howard's inflections because for a very long time, I thought that that was the one singular correct way to do that role. So yeah, I can relate to that a hundred percent because I got that same advice when I started ring announcing, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago, whatever it was by now. Did you ever get the sense from him that there was that, uh, missing that, that aspect of doing the ring announcing, or do you feel that he was just happy to be in whatever role that they saw for him at that point? Because, you know, it was for, for most like, here's a guy that, you know, certainly could have continued doing it. I don't think there would be anyone that would look like this was not a performance level. It was a decision that they made to um, ease him into another role within the company. Yeah. I don't think that he was ever going to be one to be, uh, he was employee number one, Everyone would always say he's as safe as the furniture and the plants. You know what I mean? As if to say he will always have a role in WWE because of uh, his loyalty, at the, especially at the very beginning. And I would, I would say I agree with that in the sense that I think that if he was allowed to continue with the frequency that he enjoyed previously, he would have. I know that he very much enjoyed his WrestleMania streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he, was, he was sad when that ended. Um, that was definitely something that he wished would have continued uh, to be able to appear at WrestleMania, even for the Hall of Fame announcement for, for, for years to come. That was very important to him. But as much as he would have liked to continue a career on the air uh, ring announcing, I think that was important to him. But it was equally as important for him to remain contributing to WWE in some way. So optimally, I would guess that he would have loved to do both based on my interactions with him. but. I think he was also happy to be able to contribute behind the scenes as as long as he did. It would be such a nice little tribute if you could even like isolate, you know, the the classic rundown of the Royal Rumble rules and you just play that every year <laughs> uh, for everyone that's watching and there on the speakers in the arena. Like everyone knows the rules. They just want to hear Howard repeat them. You know what I mean? As just like a little tribute to uh you know, to, to honor this guy yearly. Oh, 100%. There, there's got to be some way to immortalize his voice in some reusable package, like in WWE. I don't know what that is. I mean, you know, even the, the beginning stinger, right? Like maybe there's something. With, how many? Here's, here's the thing. How many people, and, and we did this with Right After Wrestling, right? How many people use Fink's voice? Like they meet Fink. You're a broadcaster. You meet Fink. You either ask him to do a, um, a voicemail recording in his voice for you, or you ask him to do an intro for your podcast or radio show or TV or whatever. I did it. First time I, after, after that rib, after we did our interview, I asked him to record a right after wrestling intro. And we used it for, I don't know, three, four years at least. You and, know and what I mean? So like, I, I bet, I bet that happens. A, that happened a lot. Well, just when you would see like him just pop up on on stuff like uh, the dirt sheet with Miz and Morrison or do Edge and Christian show, it just seemed like he was there at at a whim for anybody that needed a favor for a lot of these guys who had all grown up fans to have Howard Finkel just lend his voice or uh, appearance for any little side project they've got going on. And he just seemed to be more than happy to donate his time for anybody. 
Yeah, and I think he got a kick out of it. I think that he truly loved, at the end of the day, to contribute on the air. So whenever he got the opportunity to do that. And I will say this. When I was at WWE, I actually... So, like, I, I, I did the This Week in WWE History, right? I pitched a lot of ideas with Fink in them because I wanted to find a way to be able to work with Fink. It never materialized, but I was definitely thinking of the, him and Gene. I, I always pitched because, I mean, that was like a personal thing. Like, I just wanted an opportunity to be able to find some project or some excuse to, to, to be able to work with them for a day. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I was definitely pitching. Unfortunately, it never got anywhere, which is completely understandable. But yeah, I was definitely always thinking about that. As you look at this isn't like a, a WWE specific, um, you know, this is a a broadcasting question as, as a whole. Like as you've been working in this industry as long as you have, do you feel that there is still that inherent, that there is an, an, an age bias, that there you come to a certain point and that... Uh, being on television, it's a lot tougher once you get older. Have you seen that ease up at all? Or do you think that that is still uh, a prevalent factor for a lot, uh, regardless of performance level, which Howard was at a very high point? I I think that, I mean, th- this industry is very difficult, right? I mean, I, I think that people recognize that and see that. And there's always going to be a youth movement somewhere, you know? So, like, even... I. I do think that there are very few people that are bulletproof in the sense that uh, they will remain in their positions no matter what, or there will always be a use no matter what. Uh, I would have guessed that Howard would be in that position, in that, in that rarefied air in some capacity. But I also understand that, especially as a broadcaster, it's very, very difficult to achieve a level of immunity as a broadcaster such that you will just have this position as long as, do you know what I mean? Like as, as long as you want it or as long as is available, because there are so many people that are gunning for that, for those positions and are also of similar quality. You know, you can't take anything away from the people that come after Howard. Howard is a voice of a generation and we definitely, I'm not taking anything away from Howard at all. I think he's the best to ever do it. But that's not to say that people that came after him are not also talented and and very apt at the job and also deserve the job, right? So there's always a balance there. I mean, would it have seemed out of place if he did it until he wanted to retire? No, I don't think so. But then again, I grew up in an era where he was – where it was almost assumed that he would always do the job, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, I mean – when you look back on it, though, he had a heck of a career. So I think I don't think anyone would ever dispute that he was a voice of a generation and somebody who set the standard for that role for generations to come. Do you have like a final memory of Howard, your your last interaction with him and just kind of any that you've kind of reflected on in the last day or so? Uh, one thing was uh, uh, there was w- one point uh, I, uh, as you know, Rob Schamberger is a great artist uh, for uh, all things wrestling and other things too. Now uh, he, I commissioned one year as Christmas presents or holiday gifts, uh, a bunch of paintings for different people. And one of them was Fink. Uh, it was a, a Fink at MSG with the double microphone in the old school MSG. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. A mic flag. It was just a giant, you know, it was like a giant box. So I commissioned that and sent it to Stanford. This was before I 
went, got to WWE. And I remember the first time I walked into his office, it was hanging in his office. Wow. And I didn't even know, like he said, thanks when he got it, but I didn't know what he did with it. So to see that was kind of cool. Cause it was like, Oh wow. He actually cared about this. This was actually, he saw it as a nice token of appreciation. And for me, it was, it was a dual purpose, right? By then we were friends and by then we were, you know, communicating a lot. And, and, and to be fair, he was also giving me a lot of tips and pointers. So like he was taking on a mentor role as a, as well as a friend. So this was a dual like, Hey, you know, happy holidays friend, but also uh, thanks for all the help that you've given me along the way. To where and you could, uh, it was cool. That's where maybe you, you could have uh, enhanced the rib and then you walk into his office and you put the receipt down for how much it costs for the painting. That's right. Or I just, or I just like take it off the wall and break it on my knee and then walk away <laughs> and then rip off his tuxedo. And I'm like, ah, the revenge for Harvey Whippleman. Let's go. Oh my gosh. You've, you've shared some, uh... we are wrestling nerds, John. Okay. This, this is way too much. Okay. We are wrestling nerds and we need to stop. Okay. Well, well you, you always have an, a, an outlet here, Art. I feel like the ESPN, they, they've let you like into the, the wrestling playground over the, over the past month, but you're, you're always more than welcome to, uh, to jump on with us, uh, with, with your busy schedule. I mean, you have quite a lot going on and I admittedly uh, am not uh, super familiar with esports, but it would seem like during this period right now, there is more of a premium on this. And I'm seeing from afar, like the amount of popularity attached to this. And you've like, you are my connection to the, this world. I just, assume you're the face of esports listen when you're ready to launch post esports give me a call see i don't even know what that would mean like i don't know <laughs> would, that, would that mean like virtual way i mean it's uh the real yes. thing is uh already like such a <laughs> breathtaking event so i can only imagine him in like um pixelated form but uh, well, we're gonna bring in the uh, the cartoon character tintin he'll be the uh, new co-host tintin and orda a call <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the crime the fighting best. duo. Uh, That's right. do, do follow him at Arda. Check out all of his fine work at ESPN and Arda. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time out. Uh, we had to uh, you and I. We, we went through uh, many many scheduling issues to to get this happening, but uh, I I take the blame for uh, having to delay it. But thank you so much for uh, joining us to chat about Howard Finkel. Equal blame, dude. Dad life. We gotta love it. Always happy to be here. Love you guys. <laughs>